this is where you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never. My best self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform that night. Gosh, man, that was, was a moment that changed my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. The journey to a better you starts right now. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Better Than Yesterday. I'm your host, Angelo Kelly. On this week's show, I am joined by Cord and Danielle Gunnan. I've had both the Gunnans on individually before, but this time they are together, which brings an interesting dynamic. They are not only coach and athlete, but husband and wife. So we have the American Open Series 1 coming up in about two weeks at the Arnold Classic. I believe it's going to be one of the biggest events, if not the biggest, that USA Weightlifting has ever thrown. There's about 1,800 athletes signed up now, which is incredible. I'm looking forward to watching a bunch of weightlifting over the course of the weekend, and I wanted to bring on some lifters to talk about what it's like to prepare for the Arnold, and then Cord on the coaching side is coaching 12 athletes, not just his wife, so he's got a bunch of stuff going on. It was cool to hear both their perspectives leading up to the meet, so I hope you guys enjoy this one. Okay, so we got the Arnold coming up. Yes. What's what's training like with that? And then kind of, Cord, on your side, you're coaching a bunch of people. So so what's the preparation kind of like? Talk about your training. Okay. Um, well, my training was unorthodox kind of leading into this. Given at finals, my shoulder came out um, mid-comp. Um, so originally the plan was to bodybuild um, the first like six to eight weeks and then work on technical stuff and then, um, build up for a big, big showing, but God had other plans. So <laughs> we just focus on the bodybuilding part. Um, which after the way my singlet, but I, I haven't put it on since finals and I put it on today. And I was like, I texted him. He has jujitsu during my training. I texted him. I was like, um, so this is definitely working. My bodybuilding works, but like, I need a new singlet. <laughs> Uh, it's a little tight. Um, weight is good. Singlet's tight. Um, but so we just started snatching and clean and jerking about eight, eight to nine weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So, um, we did just mainly bodybuilding. I just squatting a lot. Um, and then we ramped back up into the full lifts. I think I started doing actual totals, like being able to snatch and clean and jerk in the same day about three weeks ago yeah about, right, yeah, about right three about weeks three, ago yeah. yeah so essentially our plan was about six weeks out <laughs> get our lives together um and and work into it uh just because we had to let my shoulder heal we just didn't i mean obviously you want to make teams you want to compete but uh, you can't do that if you're hurt so we made sure we took the time i needed um to heal up and we knew we, had, we knew i'd be ready we just it's just that feeling of preparedness it's we're good at just throwing it together when we need to but that's not really what I wanted for this one but that's you know not my choice so we have built up my upper body a lot this cycle um I think it's the strongest it's ever been and I told him the last like week or two I feel back to normal finally um there's no like like movement feels normal. There's no like shifting in my shoulders. It did feel a little jiggly. That's the best description I have. Um, 
but everything feels solid. I pulled under a hundred kilos match today for the first time since December, since the Arnold, since it came or not since, Arnold, since finals. Um, and I mean, last training cycle, I think leading up to finals, I had only hit it or I only tried it once. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't pulled on anything over 95 really going into finals and we opened there. I mean, so <laughs> I, I'm a game day athlete. So this is one of those where we wanted to be more prepared, but you know, we were putting the work in and we know my body and my mind will show up for me game day and we'll put what I need on the bar and we'll do what we need to do. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, the past, what, two or three big meets we've gone to, yeah. Our, your training hasn't been. It's not been ideal. I've it been hasn't been with, ideal leading I've up to it. I've had nerve damage the last year. Yeah, we've, we've been has, dealing with stuff. So. Yeah, it's not been anything for my training. It's not been anything we've done. It's literally just cards we've been dealt. I'm not getting overuse injuries. I literally got nerve damage from a massage. So, <laughs> um, which then caused the later issues. We're about a year out from that now. And more normal, but still have some muscle atrophy we're fighting. But yeah. we just deal with the cards you're dealt and keep pushing man so for coaching you want to talk about that yeah well i mean uh a lot of the people i'm not gonna say most but a lot of the people uh that are going to the arnold uh there's a good bit that are training in the gym so those people get to see each other every single day they come in and train uh but then there's about another half or a little more than half the people that are going uh, that are remote athletes and they don't always get to see each other. Um, so it, it's so kind of, it, it's, yeah. So it's, it's cool that we're bringing all these different people um, that always see each other and then never get to see the team. They only see like Instagram posts and things like that. Yeah. They feel like they know each other. Yeah. So <laughs> when we, you know, go to these events, you know, we rent a big Airbnb and everybody gets to come together. So I'm excited to get, you know, uh, the team together, the team, you know, uh, that's always fun for us. I mean, our team always jokes around, they call us mom and dad, you know, because we organize all this stuff and, you know, and we have to tell grown grown ups like, Hey, uh, you compete tomorrow. Let's not be drinking tonight and let's go and get in bed. How about that? We set curfews. We literally do. Like, it's like, everyone thinks they're on like summer camp. So I send out like bus schedules the night before, like, Hey, this is when this first car is leaving these people need to be in it and um it's a lot I mean it's it's literally hurting chickens and it is it's more than just coaching yeah it's a a lot more than just like showing up to a meet and be like okay I have an athlete I'll run through the sessions like okay well you know are they on weight yeah are they on weight you gotta you hear about all this stuff so it's uh it's interesting but best job in the world yeah I'm, I'm sure like the I mean the athlete side is the easiest part you just show up and and lift whatever's put on the bar. The coach is the one who's yeah. You got to get you to the venue. Got to make sure that you're eating the right things, that you're sleeping. Yeah. But I think it. I think the cool thing about the Arnold is like so many people get to compete. So it's not like, I mean, people don't have to cut down. Like if you're if you're overweight, you can kind of go up to the next weight class. Most like people who who have high enough qualifying totals. But I do think. It's. It seems to me like the AO series are just giant local meets. This one's gonna be massive. Yeah, this is gonna be massive. insane. And we've never been to the Arnold, so we are so excited. Um, <laughs> 2020 was the first year we were gonna be able to go, and then 
they put up all the restrictions and we're like, okay, well, we'll, we had just opened our gym. So we're like, oh, we'll just wait. We'll go next year. Well, now we get to go. Finally. (laughs) I can't wait. Yeah. Are you guys going to get any time to go to the actual Arnold or will you just be pretty much at the, I know Danielle, you'll be competing there, but. (laughs) Yeah. I I feel like I might have one day. We have like Thursday and Friday. We only have one or two athletes. We're actually having a, figure out how to get up there because we um not I say figure out we're having to leave a whole day early because of the schedule they came out with they've we've never had a weightlifter on a Thursday mm-hmm. and we have a 59 going and even if she goes up to 64 which you know why not at the Arnold it's her first meet ever it doesn't matter what she is but either way she's on Thursday I'm like that's absolutely insane to me but I get it. They have a lot of people. So we, uh, we have to now leave on Wednesday. We're driving up again. Um, it's only a nine hour drive from where we're at. So it's not too far. So we'll make the road trip up with a couple of our athletes. And then when Thursday we'll end up driving in, going straight into coaching. (laughs) And then maybe Friday we'll be able to go get a breather, but yeah, yeah. Saturday is going to be crazy. And Sunday is chill. So, <laughs> what day do you lift? Saturday? I'm lifting on Saturday. Yeah. Okay. There was an, I was given the opportunity to go for the Pan Am qualifier. They're hosting um, on the road stage. Um, that's on Friday. It just didn't align with my goals for me to go on the big stage. I need to be in my session so I can put up my best total and be with girls who are similar. Like there was no other 64s or 59s who were invited um, because of the way the list was done. It's, it's weird. Um, so there's no point. I would just be out there following myself, competing against myself. I'm like, that's just, I live for competing. I love it. So <laughs> I'm going to go to my session and turn down the, the rogue stage. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause I did see that they have the Pan Am qualifiers, but yeah, yeah, if you're lifting with a 87 and you're a 64 or 59, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, that's what I had messaged a few girls that I knew like were similar, but then I realized that they weren't on the ranking list. And so they went off the Pan Am, the 20 athletes that are listed on that, and they took 12 people off of that. And there was a lot of us that said no, because it doesn't make sense because um, there are other girls that are in your weight class that could out total you that are going in your normal session. So it wouldn't make, or they can lift at least at the same time as you. So like for me, clean and jerks, it'd be nice to be able to rest a little bit. <laughs> so you put me out there with like, say Kate and I and coach Mary, like I'm not clean and jerking with them. <laughs> I'm not hardly snatching with them either. So let me not give myself credit for that. Cause I would just be in this weird gap because of my weight class. I would just be, you know, in a weird limbo zone. So we looked at it at the potential of, we don't know who accepted or who is going. They didn't release that. Um, but because we asked, hey, who's going to do it? And they were like, no, we can't tell you. I'm like, well, then, all right, I'll do my own research. So we dug around a little bit, asked our friends, and we we're like, it's not, it's not lining me up to set my, like, reach my goals. So as cool and awesome as an opportunity, as much as I wanted to do it, it just doesn't make sense. And there's, I mean, I'm interested to see who did accept. It'll be fun to watch. From following you guys the last couple of years, the the one of my favorite things about you is but bo- I'm both of you guys, you 
put up actual training. You would think that these elite level weightlifters, they never miss a weight, they never get injured, nothing ever goes wrong, and you guys both, like, if you're injured, you post about it, and you're like, hey, I'm injured right now, it sucks, and, like, I might be snatching the bar, and uh, I just admire that, because I think it's motivating when I go through something, and I'm like, okay, it's it's so easy when you're looking at Instagram, you're like, everyone's PR, and as soon as you get injured, or as soon as you 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 have an off week of training you're like oh every time i scroll it's somebody hitting a huge lift and you guys are just very vulnerable and open is that something that you guys place an emphasis on well not intentionally not yeah i wouldn't say intentionally but um for this entire time that i've ever had an instagram i've always treated instagram as like basically a training log where you know, I can pick and choose what I want to put put up and post. But when I look back at a timeline of things, like I, I post for me, I don't care, you know, who likes it or comments or whatever. It's fun to see people comment and all that stuff, but, and interact with people and cut up. But I, I like to look back for my own self just to see like, oh, okay. Like, you know, instead of just feeling like you're stuck in this, you know, these same numbers over and over and over again, you can actually look back and be like, okay, I have gotten better. Like, or these are the reasons why I haven't, you know, made the jumps that you see other people make in, in their progress and stuff like that. It's like, Oh, because uh, you've had three back injuries over the past two years, you know, like nobody can get better, you know, if they're always hurt, you know, it's always the hardest thing to do, but um, you know, I, I posted for me just to see where, where I'm at and a few years down the road, like, basically you have your own highlight reel, you know, and it's, it's all there, but you know, if someone likes to see me fail more than they like to see me, you know, <laughs> succeed, then you're going to get that. You're going to see it. So whatever. I just like being like truthful and like, I don't know. One thing I've always done on social media is I don't like, we don't post for other people. We just post for ourselves. It's essentially our journal. And so I like to look back at things and see I've overcame this and I, I don't mind sharing that. Um, but like I have the sports medicine background. I like to educate people. So I'm like, okay, look, like you can do this the right way. Cause there are so many people who you could look back. Like I've had a torn rotator cuff and I've had an Alice sublex shoulder, different shoulders, but, <laughs> but, and this was before he was coaching me. This is not his fault. Uh, let me put that disclaimer in there. <laughs> um, this is why he coaches me actually. So both of those things, I never had to have surgery. I rehab them the right way myself, given my education. And, um, I, I was back within two months from each and there's no reason why I can't share that with people to say, Hey, I took a whole month off, but let me show you your strength comes right back, but you can't just stop. You have to find what you can do. And that might mean you're doing squat cycle after squat cycle and deadlift after deadlift. And that might be why my pools are so strong um, because that's all I could do for certain points of my training. But it's one of those where like you can use, yeah, it sucks for you. But if you're posting about it, you can show the positive. You can also show other people that like, hey, you don't have to have surgery. We've had multiple. And that's not saying if you need surgery, please go get it. Um, I had like a Swiss cheese looking rotator cuff. So it didn't need to be fixed. It needed to be rested and healed. So I was able to just get a cortisone injection, heal it up. I didn't go overhead for like a month. 
and then rehab back. So that experience actually prepped me for this most recent one. And I treated it very similar where I just, we shut it down. And then I let my body tell me, you know, what I could do. And I've seen like, uh, with Brittany Joy, she was having some overhead issues. I don't know her exact injury, but she's now coming back. She's competing at the Arnold and she's only, she just started going overhead this week. And she kind of got like, she's like, I look, I keep looking at you. Cause like, I think she got hurt at finals as well. And she's like, well, because of what you've posted, that's given me an example and hope that, okay, this sucks right now, but it, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And to me, that means more than just like, I want people to know we're human, but also like you can, when weightlifting your life, you can go to a dark place. And that's not saying like, I've had my, my bad days during this. I've looked at him and said, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And is it worth this? Is this God telling me to stop? You know, I, this is, we keep hitting these speed bumps where you gain traction and then you lose it. It feels like, and it feels like you're having these tests. And so I just, I don't know. I like posting it because I want people to know that, yeah, we're being tested, but if you love it, you love it. And you're going to keep doing it. And there's going to be those lows. All of us, all of us have them. All of us do. Yeah. So what's that conversation look like when, when things aren't going good? <laughs> um, there was a text message as your coach, not your husband. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, because uh, I, to get the point across, I had to, of uh, profanity in the text message and I wanted her to read that as a coach for coming from an inspiring place and not a husband as like a <laughs> condescending like uh way of like talking yeah. talking to her because she's she's not the athlete that's like you know she doesn't need a drill sergeant in her ear you know screaming at her she shuts down for that but there are little times where you know if I can you know turn her around and kick her in the butt and be like you know get it together let's go and you know put a little pep in her step then I can yeah. do that, but she needs to read that as her coach, not her husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think that day I was, I had a bad training session or something. I just, I just wasn't where I felt like I needed to be, which is all relative. <laughs> like today I was like, Oh, it was a horrible day. I pulled under weights. I hadn't pulled under, but I'm still going to text him and be like, Oh, today was the worst. And he's like, really? I'm like, I know in reality it wasn't, but uh, on those tough days when you're not where you think your body should be, or your body reminds you, oh, hey, <laughs> you had this happen. Like I'll text him because most of the time I do train by myself. I know he's my coach and he's my husband and he's there, but uh, that's his time. So our training, because we own our gym, he trains at the same time, the same time that I do, but he's training jujitsu a county over and I'm training my weightlifting by myself. Um, so I'll text him and just let him know, like, hey, I, you know, this is how I'm feeling today. I feel like, why am I doing this? What, like, what is the point? I feel like I'm not getting better. Is, you know, am I, is there any point in the, you know, we've been battling these speed bumps, especially this past year, but we're also the strongest we've ever been. My total has done nothing but continue to improve. It's never decreased in any competition other than the bomb out. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah it's constantly <laughs> and even then I snatched my biggest snatch that like there's always every meet you look at there's been improvement in every single one since 2019 when you started coaching it since we realized we were going to like try to make Team USA intentionally and we started pursuing this career in sport and 
there's been speed bumps since then. Like in 2019, that was when I had my rotator cuff tear. And, but we were also invited to Team USA that year. And there was, there's, there's been little glimmers of hope along the way that he can point out because I'm not, I'm more of the negative. I, I tend to be positive in my training, but I find more negatives in life, if that makes sense. Like I can sit there and positive journal during my training and find positive things about each rep. That's one thing I'm really big on. I think you need to speak to yourself, speak to yourself positively when you're lifting. So it's very easy as a perfectionist to sit there and degrade yourself or think you're not, you know, you're not strong enough, you're not good enough, whatever it might be. Uh, but I, in life, that's where I struggle. Like it's, well, is this for a reason? I want to find a reason behind everything. And <laughs> he will find the good reason and be like, no, actually change your perspective on it. And I'm like, okay, like you're right. Like we were dealt these cards because we know that we can get over them. And in like, when we do make team USA, we're making the strongest, you know, or make it again, it's the strongest women's team that I think our country has ever had. And there's lots of positives behind it, but it's, he's got to remind me of those every now and then. Cause I'll, I'm good at finding them when I, yeah. when I'm competing or when I'm lifting, but it's when I leave the gym that they start to come into my head. It's just part of, there's always going to be that doubt until you accomplish everything you want to accomplish until you can say, Hey, okay, I did this. It's we're still in that weird stage where it's, oh, you're good enough to be number 13 for three years, but you haven't made a team. You haven't made, you know, it's, we're sitting on that cusp and it's so frustrating because you're like, I know I can do this. And I'm improving. I'm constantly improving, but just one lift, or it's just one thing that's just not quite good enough. And that's really hard to eat for three years straight, <laughs> but we keep showing up. So, yeah. One of the things that I've noticed as I, the more elite weightlifters I've talked to, I'm like, there is no way that I want to do that because you guys go through so many injuries. You guys go through just so many dark periods of training and you have to, you always have to keep competing. There's, there's never a time where you can say, Hey, I'm going to take off for six months and you know, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to it. If I feel like it, if I don't, I can always find another hobby. And I am sure Cord that you found that with jujitsu a little bit, but like you don't have that option, Danielle, unless you want to stop doing it all together. I mean, I have that option, but I'm too stubborn to do that option. When I say I'm going to do something, like he knows this, like words mean everything to me. You don't tell me like your word is all you have. You don't tell me you're going to do something. You don't speak it out loud unless it's something, you know, you can withhold. And, um, that is, I've spoken out in the world. I want to be team USA. I want to, I want to set records. I want to snatch 110. I want to do big things. And that's freaking scary. But me sitting here saying, oh, well, I'm sad right now. That's not going to snatch it. That's not going to get me where I want to go. And what else am I going to do? You know, and I have the career I want. I have the business I want. And all that's missing is that spot on Team USA that I need to earn. So how do you kind of stay present during, during that process? Like it, it might not be a thing that happens overnight that you make Team USA. Okay. So, so how do you kind of day in and day out training. I mean, I know you talked about just uh, writing stuff down and being positive with yourself, but is there any anything else that you do on a daily basis? 
Uh, talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he tells me, like I, like I said, I need reasons for everything. <laughs> so every training session, there's a reason. There's something to learn. Uh, you'll see on my social media, I'll post it on it. Even on your bad days, there's a lesson to be learned. And so that's, I just try to, okay, today was a bad session, but there's something for me to learn from it. And what am I supposed to learn? And it's the same, like in the bomb that I had at nationals, I had my best clean and jerk training cycle leading up to that. And I bombed on clean and jerk. So that like that lesson there was, oh, it doesn't matter what your training cycle looks like. You didn't miss that weight for six weeks, but you missed it on the day it mattered. Your training cycle is all relative and it, it doesn't, but what you do the day of is what you're doing the day of. And that's it. Um, so your training leading up to it obviously matters and you need to be present in it, but you also have to know how to separate it. And so being present each day is important, but you're also looking at long-term lessons from each session that you take in. Um, like again, today, like, I pulled on heavy snatches. I pulled on heavy cleans. I didn't make the ones I wanted to make, but I felt them. And that's something. And there's some coaches who wouldn't let you pull on them or wouldn't let you have misses like I had today. But like mentally, if I have a, even if it's a bad miss or a good miss, like my 100 was not close at all today. It was no way it was going up. But I was like, oh, heck yeah. Like I could do that. That's fine. I needed that. Uh, obviously I leave there salty because I want it. <laughs> I'll tell you, I always want more. I always want more. I'll always ask for more. He has got to tell me no a lot. Um, but it's having reasons behind every single training day. And he'll tell me what they are. If it's, you know, a certain way he wants to see move a certain way, or it's a certain way he wants me to hit. There's always something. There's a reason why I'm doing something that day that I know I'm building on for the next time we hit a big complex. Yeah, I love it. So, so Cord, is it stressful? I don't know if we talked about this. I did, I honestly didn't go back and listen to the podcast that we did before. But like, what's that like when you're going into a big time meet, you're coaching your wife? Is that scary? Are you, can you kind of separate it? Or how's that kind of go in your head? Uh, I mean, it's scary coaching all of my athletes. Um, I, honestly, it's scarier coaching my other athletes than it is coaching her because we talk so much leading up to the meet beforehand about plan A, B, and C and all that kind of stuff. And we, I write it all out in my notebook. We talk about, okay, if this happens, what do we do here? What number do you want to put on the bar? Or she'll just come off the platform. If something happens, she'll just tell me. And then I do whatever that is. And you know, as long as we stick to the plan there, you know, and she will sometimes ask me, like, what do you think we should do? And then leave it up to my judgment. And, you know, we have a lot of trust in that, but it, you know, it, it can be scary, but you don't, you don't really have time for feelings and all that kind of stuff in, in the moment, you know, you just kind of have to, you know, send her on her way, make sure she's set up for success and on time with her warm ups and all that good stuff. And then once she's on the platform, I just let her do her thing, you know, and, I can't go out there and lift the weight for her. So there's no need for me to cause any more stress for me. Like, obviously I want her to do well and stuff. And I'm not saying I send her on the platform, just be like, oh, whatever happens, you know, turn around and not pay attention. But yeah, yeah I, you know, <laughs> I'm very invested in it. And obviously I want you know, her to do very well, but 
you know um i'm not the athlete that needs hyper like i like to be just left alone yeah exactly that's why i train alone yeah <laughs> it's not yeah. it's not just because he has jujitsu i like to be alone <laughs> she's uh she's the most high maintenance low maintenance athlete you, you'll find um i'll let you figure out what that means but <laughs> um she's yeah it's it's fun i mean i get more excited for her because when i send her on the platform i'm like i know she can do this and i just want her to do it so that we that way we can hit the goals that we need so it's all about you know trying to like calm myself down to you know not in a sense of being nervous but like excitement you know i have to be like hey you have to you can't go absolutely crazy here if she makes us wait like we got other stuff to do after this and she's got to know that we have other stuff to do after this like she gets a, a big snatch like we can't just you know call it a day you know we have cleaning jerks to get after so you know you have to be present so yeah. it i mean i don't know i'm more scared coaching my other athletes because they put all of their trust and everything in my judgment and they're like hey you call all of the shots and it's like sometimes she has a hand on the steering wheel too so that takes a little bit of pressure off of me i coached my girlfriend at one local meet and i'm surprised we're still together after it to be honest <laughs> i what do you between, here, here's ahead. a quite here's a question for you now all right we're gonna roll reverse uh what do you think would be harder for you and your girlfriend to do constantly do com weightlifting meets where you coach her through it or put together ikea furniture together she, she's pretty good at doing ikea furniture so coaching at a weightlifting meet yeah. okay <laughs> it, it's it's determined that i will never do that again yeah <laughs> oh my gosh. so we kind of had to at locally a couple times coach each other and then she coaches me a lot at local meets yeah. uh, at every local meet yeah so and i'm very low maintenance yeah i just saw him and lift and then half the time he's already lifted something or done something on his own and i'm like well all right i don't know what i mean it's fine i used to count for myself it was like when we were like starting to come up we didn't have as many assistant coaches uh, local meets, I would just count for myself to take something off of his plate because he knows, like, I'm not that athlete. I'm not, I'm not that ego athlete. I'm, I might be in training. I'm getting better. I do, I do better. I text him today. I said, my ego said, do this. I didn't. I heard you say no, <laughs> but at, like, I, I'm not that athlete, especially in competition. I'm not just going to throw something on. I'm not capable of, or bump my opener up just for the heck of it. Um, I would say I'm probably more conservative in competition than I am in training. Uh, but uh, yeah, we had at one point, we didn't have enough coaches. So I would just count, like there was a state meet where I coached myself. I was competing and we had three or four other athletes, females competing in the same session as me. I was coaching them and he was on another platform yeah. <laughs> coaching like three or four people. Local meets are hectic period, but we, I mean, our people had some of their best totals that day because I think it just made it fun and like like we were all in it together. Like it was, I don't know. You have that sense of family, but that was fun. Yeah, yeah. We don't have too many. I mean, we work together every day. <laughs> yeah. Everything we do is together. Except for jujitsu. Uh, yeah, that's his time. <laughs> that's his me time. <laughs> what What's that been like, Cord? Getting into that having a, a new thing to learn completely from scratch. It's been fun. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I, I enjoy uh, the the school I'm going to. Um, I, I switched a 
a month ago, a month and a half ago. I switched to yeah, I switched at the beginning of the year. Okay. I switched to a different school because my schedule at, at, at Atlas changed and I couldn't go to an evening class to the one next to us. But so I found another gym and uh, been going up there. Um, uh, they, which is, it's a really big gym. Like they have a lot of professional UFC fighters that go there and a lot of people that do the jujitsu stuff. And it's insane the, um, the vast amount of talent that they have there. Um, and it's cool because, you know, you can just be in there and then look over and there's like, oh, I watched that guy fight, you know, a year ago, you know, on TV and Joe Rogan interviewed him and stuff like it's, you know, but for me with jujitsu, it's, it's going great. Um, I do it. Be a student yeah. Again. I like, I like thing. being a student again, you know, like mm -hmm. if you're just in the gym all day long and you're the owner and you're the head coach and you're doing all these things, you have a whole team of people that pretty much any time that they come and talk to you, they need something from you. They need, you know, some amount of information out of your brain and you have to always be, you know, ready for it and on. And, you know, just, you can't just always check out and be like bad at something. You're, you know, you're in your place. You got to perform for these people. So um, being able to go to a class and be expected to be bad at something is a breath of fresh air. I mean, that's, you know, like if you mess up and, you know, you get tapped out, it's like, oh, you're wearing a white belt. That's expected, you know, like, <laughs> so uh, it's cool. Um, you're going to compete when we get back from the Arnold. Yeah, I am doing my first yeah. competition in that. So I'm not going to try a new sport and not compete in it. That's not, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. So not his personality yeah <laughs> see i'm the i'm the opposite jujitsu i'm like i don't ever want to compete really and yeah it's it's funny because like i'll go to the more i usually go to the morning class at seven and it's so laid back and they there's a lot of upper belts so they're letting me kind of do stuff and then you go to the night class and it's just like high school wrestlers and people who are just <laughs> you know miserable at work yeah. and just looking for somebody to beat up and I'm like, I, don't, I don't want to be that person I love that. <laughs> yeah yeah that's a that's a different speed I mean I I get there's there's a mix of people that go to the I go to the 12 o'clock class so you get people that um you know are either younger and they're in school and you know that's their that's you know uh, middle of the days when they don't have anything or you get some people that are like me that you know they have that split schedule where they may be a personal trainer or something at some other gym and they come in that time or uh, you have some people that work a normal you know nine to five or whatever and they have a long lunch break and they come in on their lunch break and they get some rolls in and they're just like look i'm not trying to you know <laughs> prove my worth here i'm just trying to get some you know get some get a little bit of cardio in and have have fun uh, but it's cool. It's, uh, it's kind of funny. I've, I'm starting to pick up on similarities and differences between, you know, the difference in the sports, you know, in weightlifting, you know, in weightlifting, you go through cycles and stuff. And it's like, man, my snatches, this entire cycle have been horrible. I have for the life of me, but my, my jerks have been great. Cleans are okay, but jerks are great. You always have like different phases and stuff. And, uh, I'm starting to get into a, a rhythm of certain things and it's like, Oh, I'm doing everything wrong this week. And then some weeks it's like, Oh, cool. I've tapped out a couple of, you know, upper belts. That's neat. You know, I feel like everything's clicking and I'm remembering a lot of stuff. And then two weeks later, it's like, Oh, I haven't, I've been t only tapped out all week. Like I have not had any success with anything this, <laughs> this whole week. So you go through those phases, just like you do weightlifting and, uh, I guess as a, a white belt, you know, you see 
those phases a little more often, you know, than, than normally in weightlifting. With weightlifting, since we've been doing it so long, it's like, you know, you'll have like a couple of bad snatch sessions and then they'll turn right around and you'll have like three weeks of good snatches and good clean and jerks and stuff like that. But with jujitsu and something new, it's like, oh, most of this and all that I'm doing is bad. <laughs> most of it. So Yeah. But you're but you're supposed to be bad. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Have you um like have your goals for weightlifting change? I know the more athletes that you take on, I'm sure it's it's hard to separate being an athlete yourself and being a coach. Has there been kind of a point where you're like, Hey, coaching my people is more important and I'm not going to be that competitive athlete or are you kind of still in between? Um, I'm still kind of in between, I would say, but I kind of pick and choose what I'm doing. Like, like we were saying earlier, um, that before he was recording. Oh, okay. Well, the AO finals in the national championship, we only have like a handful of people that go to those meets. So, you know, when we take our athletes to those meets, it's not, so stressful on my part because it's kind of spread out and it gives me a chance to be an athlete when I need to be an athlete, you know, and I can flip the switch and go from coach to athlete. It's ridiculous. You can do it within like 30 seconds. Like someone can kind of be like, coach, I don't know how to snatch. And he'll be like, all right, you need to plunder, do this, this, and this, try this cue. And I'm like, okay. And then he'll turn around, just complete change of face, (laughs) hits a lift. It's like a PR attempt. And I'm like, my brain would have just been, my whole session would have just been ruined. I would have been like, Hey, not today, Karen, I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> it's awesome watching him flip a switch. Um, it's a talent for sure. <laughs> but so I got yeah. that going for me, yeah. I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's good at being both. He's, he's good at it. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I can flip the switch and, and go from, you know, like the task in front of me and then because I have people whenever I'm training anytime anyways I have people that are sending me videos and I'm texting them back and responding and stuff like that you know a lot of people a lot of coaches that would you know that are still athletes they would just you know put their phone on silent mute every message and then they just handle their business and then afterwards and I I like to talk to people more than more than anything so and just interact so like you know, when I hear that phone, you know, ding or whatever, I'm just immediately like, oh, I got to see what, you know, so-and-so is doing on their session. Like, I know that they're listening today. I used to tell him like, hey, you need to set a timer. Like, cause he'll get caught up responding to people. I'm like, are you going to, you haven't jerked in 10 minutes. He'll go over and jerk and it's fine. I'm like, I would have been cold and mad at this point. Like my athletes know, like I have a a cup, a handful. We have like, we're over, we're sitting around 50 and only like I would say 15 come in person. The rest are remote. Mm-hmm. So that means our phone is going off a lot. <laughs> and I'll tell them, I'm like, eh, I'm busy today. You need to text him or vice versa. So that's one thing that does help. Like when you do need to go, like if he needs to go to jujitsu and someone else is training, like I don't bother him because you can't exactly like, it's not like weightlifting. You're not sitting down every two minutes or <laughs> for two minutes to respond. You're constantly rolling and then you might have a water break and that's about it. And so like, I'll text him and be like, Hey, not urgent. I just need you to know, this is what's going on during training. I don't need you. You can talk about it later, but this, this is going on. And then when he finishes, he'll text me and be like, all right, send me the videos. Let's talk about this. Um, but if his athlete, if he has someone who's needy, which isn't really very often, 
they know that they can just come right back to me. So that's one nice thing is that it's a team. It's not just only on him. And then even when we're in person, like the culture of our team is not, there's not like a tier, like there's tier, you know who your coaches are, but it's not, if you have something that's going to help a teammate, we're never going to be like, "Mm, no, you can't tell them that. Uh, everyone kind of like respects everyone. We have like people who like, I call our team elders, um, yeah. like Dennis, uh, he's been weightlifting just as long as us, like, but he just works a full-time job. He can't go and like coach people and run a gym. Um, and like when he's there, he knows he can step in at any point and coach up a teammate because we can't keep our eyes on 20 people lifting at once. And we can do our best to do that. But if you have something, you might have a different cue that's going to click with that athlete. So while we like he is the head coach it doesn't always all fall on him we've created a community base that allows him like everyone knows that if you have anything you can come to us but they also know like hey my teammate might have the answer to this we have a lot of assistant coaches now at this point that have been lifting around that four to five year mark that we can trust like we're i have to go out of town tomorrow and and so does he we have one of our assistant coaches who's going to run the whole practice tomorrow and we won't, no one will bother us because they're plenty capable. Um, but so while he is the head coach and athlete, he can still, still be an athlete. Yeah. It, I learned my lesson really early too, where we all took our team to a local meet and at the end of it, I was also competing. Oh, yeah. And I coached through four set three sessions and then got to lift in my session. And I turned around and I'm like, oh, I put my singlet on. And then I'm like, oh shit, I haven't eaten all day. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is gonna be bad. Yeah, the competition thing is where we have to like locally, we have to pick and choose what yeah. he does, or I like I don't really compete locally anymore. I'll just do state. Yeah, it's just too hard. It's more about our people now at this point than it is about us at that level. Yeah. Some of the local meets, uh, I'll have athletes. Like I did a series of local meets last year where there was like a cash prize at the end of all three of them. And if you won all three of them and you had enough points and all that good stuff, uh, you, you win the money. And, you know, I, I ended up winning uh, the series. And every time that meet was coming around, I would have some of my athletes text me and be like, hey, coach, can I do this meet? And I'd be like, okay. We have two athlete spots <laughs> that can yeah. that can claim this meet, and after that, no. Uh, and most of the time, the other people that would compete, they were they were ladies. So I get the early coach the ladies through the session, and just handling two at a time is no big deal. But I'd have a lot more people texting me, be like, "Hey, can I do this meet?" I'd be like, "Nope, I'm doing it." There's plenty, there's, there's <laughs> plenty in Georgia. You can go to another. One. <laughs> yeah, let's do the one the weekend after that. How about that? <laughs> so. Yeah. And then nationals is normally your one big one a year. You'll do finals sometimes, but nationals, like mm-hmm. I'm really the only other athlete that goes. And before, like he went up a weight class, he's a 102 now. So with me being a 64, we don't really ever intertwine until this year. Oh, <laughs> until We've never had an issue. And then this year at nationals, my session started right at the end of his. So he literally is taking his last clean and jerk as they're like introducing us on my platform. And we have a system, we have a network now. And so we had my original weightlifting coach was there refing. And so I was like, Hey, will you sub in until court gets done? And then when court gets done, um, it, it'll all be fine. And he was super pumped to help out. And then his coach, his coach's coach, yeah. <laughs> um, he wanted to come help. So, I mean, 
we have plenty of help when we go where like, obviously he wants to be there for every athlete, but we have a network built up at this point where it makes it more doable to do both. Yeah. But he was literally changing out of his singlet, like on my platform while I'm warming up. Yeah. <laughs> but we make it work no matter what we got to do. Well, the more people that you're able to build up and to step in, then you can affect more people. Yeah. If if you were hands-on with everybody and you're like, I'm going to program for everybody, I'm going to watch every single rep, maybe you have five athletes. But if you want to have 20 athletes, you ha- yeah, exactly. So, so like how much bandwidth do you have to coach elite athletes? Probably not much. Well, I'm only the only elite one we really have. Most yeah. of us are local level. I mean, we've got 12 going to the AO series. We've got we have more going to the national level now, yeah. um, a lot more, but as far as like the national championship, we only have, well, Andrew, uh, my big end. Yeah. We, we have maybe like, four. I have a super that I helped. Uh, there's another one. He needed surgery, but I rehabbed him back and didn't have to get it. And then he qualified for nationals and won a medal. Yep. There you so, go. So, I mean, that. as far as the national championship or AO finals, we have like maybe yeah. five or five or less that go to those meets yeah. so throughout the and whole week anyway. yeah and i'm on a sunday and he's on a sunday yeah. so it, it's it's easy to take care of but if you know and i i've only gone to one team trip that we've taken in daytona and did the ao series and i oh, lift okay. i lifted after uh okay. a, a weekend of coaching and it wasn't a great session like i just felt i wasn't even excited to lift for myself just because of all the other stuff that went on beforehand we also and had like, other athletes going yeah. I had to coach an athlete, like personality-wise, I did not need to. I told him, I was like, I never wanted to coach this one. And he's like, well, I have to weigh in. And there was no service at weigh-ins this past year, or this, the year that it was in Daytona. And I'm texting him like, hey, uh, he's missing every warm-up. What do I do? Or every other one. Oh my. And I'm like, well, he's not responding. I'm like, well, we're just going to figure this shit show out. <laughs> yeah. So he walked in after weigh-ins to that to someone who almost bombed and I'm like I'm doing my best man but like I told you I had I didn't need to coach this <laughs> I wasn't worried about the athlete I was worried about her I was just like I've got to hear about this forever now so <laughs> oh I definitely drank some beer that night yeah. and before but it was fine, it was fine. so whatever it was, it was but yeah fine. we could make it work we've got enough like um coaches now though that we've even started training at the national level so counting locally like you you've done it it's it's very easy to learn. It, it can be complicated when you're first learning, but I think the best way is just to be thrown into it. And um, we have plenty of people who can count locally now. Now we're tra- starting to develop that national level. So we've got um, about three coaches that they have. So we kind of have like satellite sites set up. So we've got one in Valdosta that they've just created their own barball club. It was where I actually started back in the day. Um, they now have their own. And so... Th- our athlete is running that club and we're teaching her. She's never coached at the national level, but she's got national level athletes now. She's developed them. So now we're having to teach her. We'll be hand in hand with her this meet. And she's been to those meets. Yeah, too. she's been, she's competed as an athlete, but coaching's different. So, and her sister also has a satellite site with two or three athletes underneath her in Indiana. So we've also taught her how to count at a national level. And then we'll bring, we have a, one or two athletes who will come along with us who like, 
don't they're not necessarily competing like Jonathan yeah. uh he came to uh finals with us just to be there and help us and uh we taught him how to count he got a taste of an a session with me and uh we were supposed to have help from another team but they weren't flying in until later that night and I was like it's fine Jonathan will be okay and he was like this is way different yeah his eyes <laughs> were like this big uh, but yeah, so I mean, it's not always just going to be us. So yeah, it's our team, but like we're in the sport because we're passionate and we love it and we want to share that love. And so we've developed multiple coaches to coach at that level. Um, and that's, I've only named a few. We have one who literally coaches in our gym and he's got national level youth athletes. And so while you just see us, it's not just us. Um, we've got plenty of helping hands that even if we coach an athlete, like, they'll sub in for us if we can't make it or vice versa. That's like one of them couldn't get their flight changed for their athlete at um, the Arnold after the crazy schedule came out. Everyone already had their flights booked, especially the lighter weight classes. They kind of got screwed. Um, and the athletes in the lighter weight class, the coach wasn't coming in until the day she was competing. And she's like, I can't get my flight changed. I can't get there. I was like, well, we'll be there. So we'll just coach your athletes. But like, it's not ideal, but like, that's what our network is about. That's what, uh, the weightlifting community to me is about yeah yeah and really unless you get to that i mean your level basically the top top people in the a session everyone else is really nice like the, those top three people who are battling it out for a spot on a team it's a lot different it's um you're trying to you're trying to burn people's clocks you're trying to distract them in the warm-up room but really even at at the arnold the a session is not the most competitive meet in the world it will be this year because of all the people <laughs> yeah in the past i don't think it hasn't but this year i think it's going to be i think the a sessions are going to be something to watch i really do 71a is stacked that's going to be so fun you've got uh olivia reeves kate and i sasser um mariah uh meredith i mean there's so many heavy hitters in the 71 class it's i want to sit and watch it yeah it'll be fun it's gonna be so good to watch are you guys but. both big fans of the sport i am then oh my gosh <laughs> i'm the worst Our, yeah she <laughs> she doesn't know who anybody is until they come up and talk to her and then danielle looks at me i'm just like that was kate and i that just said good job like no, hey like <laughs> No, but for real, uh, our our first nationals it was in 2015, and we it was in yeah. Dallas, Texas, and this was in this was like back when um, Muscle Driver and their whole team was doing uh, their stuff, and then California Strength, you know they they had all you're seeing all these different athletes. We, we're seeing them for the first time, we were, and I'm walking we were around. Session. We hit like the total to be there. Yeah, we we were just like. We were like barely six months into weightlifting. Yeah. And I'm walking around and I'm like pointing out, I was like, Danielle, there's Spencer Mormon. We watch him on California Strength. And I was like, oh, there's Sean Rigsby and there's uh, all these, you know, people from Muscle Driver and there's, you know, Travis Cooper. He used to be on Team Georgia. Did you know that? And she's just like, I don't know who any of these people are. I, I have no idea. Don't care. And then she she came up to me and she's just like, hey, what does CJ Cummins look like? And I'm just like, why? She's like, is that him? And I'm like, that's not him, but good, good. Yes, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> But there was, I was behind him in line for the check scale and then uh, Mangold. They oh, were both, yeah, yeah they're both in front of me. And Mangold, like, jokingly was like, Yeah, I'm here to check my weight. And you know, obviously, she's super, she didn't care what her weight is. And I was like, Hi, me too. 
don't, I didn't really know like anything about cutting weight. I knew nothing about any, we showed up very, like, we didn't really have coaches then we just showed up and figured it out. Yeah. Um, that was terrifying. Um, but I had people playing tricks on me telling me I had to get naked at weigh-ins and I was like, you're telling me what? Oh, uh, I showed up in like Nike shorts, like, am I kidding? <laughs> I was so intimidated, but Holly talked to me and CJ was talking to her in front of me. I was like, I don't know who these people are. And Cord's like, oh my God. And I saw her Olympic rings. And I was like, oh, she's important. Yeah. And, but it's nice. I like it because. I'm not starstruck. You're just another human that I get to talk to. And that's not to discredit anything they've done. I like it because it's easier for me to just talk to you. And I'm not sitting here labeling you and like, oh my God, you're so-and-so and these are your numbers. And I'm not nerding out. I'm just having a conversation with you. It's so nice. And then later on, I'm like, oh, that's cool. They did all these things. Like how awesome. Um, but I don't know. I like it because I don't get nervous. <laughs> talking to other humans but for the most part american weightlifting i know i know our top people now but i don't i don't I'll, follow a lot of weightlifting i don't i'll say this though uh and i'm gonna throw i'm gonna call you out a little bit okay. here the only time i've ever seen her kind of like fangirl a little bit is when we went to peru and we went to the training hall oh and gosh. she was she got like nervous in the training hall so i'm nervous. like hey they're still just people i was like i know arlie mendez is right over there and I know, Toma. That, I know that Toma's right behind you, but just lift your weights. It's going to be okay. <laughs> I missed, I missed a 65 kilo power clean. Well, yeah. I, I think you told that story yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. I was so nervous. Yeah. That's but, the only time I've ever seen well, her. And it was that and Jenny was back there. Jenny Arthur, who's, I mean, she was the sweetest human, uh -huh. but they like, just knowing they were all Olympians, I was like, Whoa. yeah. But, and the same thing happened kind of in Peru, like in the back room. Uh, with Mercedes Perez because I remember watching her she has a very um I watched her in the Olympics and all this stuff and now I'm standing next to her and I remember she's very a very intense lifter and I I enjoy that and she would do this like she would say something Venice like Venezuela I can't remember she would say something in a foreign language that I didn't understand and she would like kind of she would do her hand in like a swirl and go after saying it and I think it was like she was saying let's eat or something I had someone translate it for me because I was, I was that invested in this lifter which is very rare for me and she was lifting right beside me I mean she's very vocal I mean she is your typical like South American lifter and I was like she stepped on my foot in line and I was like I'm sorry like, I'm sorry <laughs> but I like not having that feeling if I don't know you and I just I'm more comfortable and you can get to know me better vice versa um but yeah that's I like not knowing that's about the extent <laughs> of Danielle's fandom for yeah. weightlifting goes I, I know people in my weight class that's about it yeah I gave mod some tape one time I thought that was really cool but <laughs> she she's uh, a fun one to watch her technique yes yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I follow people in my weight class and that's about it. Anyone that's outside of it. And it's not for like competitive reasons. It's just, I'm one of these lifters. Like if I see someone else do it, I'm not jealous. It's a, oh, I can do that too. Like, why not? <laughs> it kind of gives me the courage to try things. So yeah, that's it. I just follow 64s. If you're not a 64, I'm sorry. I'm sure you're good at lifting. <laughs> yeah, I, I just enjoy 
like I'll sit down for AO finals and just watch like four hours of weightlifting. And I know some people think that's super boring, but especially when you start to see the same people, like if you watch nationals and I feel, even if I don't compete, I feel like I'm just going to go to nationals to watch. Cause I think it'd be fun. But, uh, yeah, just watch when you understand what the, why they're changing weights and like why they call somebody out and then they don't come out. If you don't know that, I, I wish USA Weightlifting did a better job of promoting. I don't know what they need to do, but like for people to come in from the Arnold and watch, they're like, hey, why is no one taking a lift for four and a half minutes? Yeah, what's like, going this on? This is boring. Yeah. Why so, do the loaders keep running out and running off? Yeah, and they put a weight on and it's like no one comes out to take it and they're just, why are they standing there with weights getting ready to come out and they're like, oh no, they're not going to lift. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. What, what do you guys think that could change about weightlifting? Walkout songs. <laughs> walkout. Ooh, I like that, that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be a, it'd be a lot of walkout songs to be played. <laughs> um, I mean, there's so many ideas about, about this. I mean, if there was like a, I mean, what, what part of it would you like to see changed? I mean, <laughs> there's so many things about it that you could change. Yeah. I mean, obviously making it the, more exciting to watch, I guess. Yeah. The, the competition aspect is obviously going to be the, I think the UFC does it best. Like even to watch their, watch those guys train is interesting. Yeah. And then you're kind of, you're seeing the content of them leading up four weeks before a fight. And then you have the weigh-ins, you have the walkout, everything is yeah. a production weightlifting you just see 10 people on the stage before and then there's 10 minutes and it's yeah exactly we need more drama we need more shit talk that's what we need we need rivalries we need (laughs) i say this all the time danielle just start calling people out in the 64s who are you going to beat at the you're not going to get it from her she's spongebob she's wants to be friends with everybody i mean he's had to tell me he's like danielle stop talking to like don't be friendly to everyone like you look cocky don't do that do this and I'm like, I just want to talk to everyone and be friends with everyone. Like, I just, I want to cheer everyone on. Like, I, I'm sure people who competed against me, other 64s know, like, I'll clap for you in the back. I'll, like, I'll cheer for you. And if I know you're training, like, I, Jackie Long is someone I've competed with a lot um, over the past few years. And I remember the first time she hit, she'd hit 90 in training a lot. And she had hit it at a local meet. But it was her first time doing it like as a 64 on a national stage. And I knew this because I keep up with her and I like high fived her coming off. I was like, that was a PR. And she didn't even realize she was like, oh yeah, that was a PR. Oh my God. Like, I'm like, yeah, like I want to be your hype woman too. (laughs) I'm going to focus on myself. But I, I mean, if I'm sitting next to you, like it's not rare for me to be like, come on, let's go. Or like, like Christy Brewer was sitting beside me. It was her first time. I think competing against me as a 64, I looked at her and I was like, let's go mama. Come on. Like, I'm gonna, it doesn't matter who you are. Like I've said things to Hunter after she came off, I think a snatch at nationals. Cause she, she fought so hard and we, I mean, we both were, but she came off a snatch and I was like, let's go like wait a freaking fight. Like that, like that to me, like, I want you to show up. I want you to compete. And I want you to know, like, I, like, I don't want to just beat people. Like I want, I want to compete. Like, and I want you to be at your best. And I want to be at my best. And I want us to bring out the best in each other. And that is not the culture <laughs> for, especially in women's weightlifting. It's just, it's not, unfortunately. Um, but 
I will say I like the 64 session. It's, it's great. I, I, I enjoy myself now. It's not everyone's super friendly by any means. We're all there. We're serious. We're there to do job, but there's a camaraderie. I feel like, um, that we have at least the top, like a few of us. Yeah, well, that's not going to make the sport better, okay? That's exactly <laughs> that's exactly it's what I was not, thinking. It's not. I'm just uh, Don't leave it up to me. I can't shit talk. I'm just going to cheer you on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to high-five you and tell you good job. I guess I'm that's, out there. that's what makes it special, though. Uh, that's yeah. why people who don't do weightlifting don't understand what it's like to compete. And it's the same thing in CrossFit. You get done a workout and it sucks. And then you're just like, you're high-fiving everybody. Because yes. you know that it sucked together. I will say, I miss the community of CrossFit a lot. Like, he did, Cord decided to do a CrossFit competition a few, a year or two ago. Yeah. And I walked in and just seeing the amount of people watching and, like, the the community, the sense of community that's there, like, I teared up. I'm, I could you not, I'm a big baby, apparently. <laughs> But I teared up because I'm like, we don't have that in weightlifting. We don't have people like we do like like in my session, like now that you have me and you have Hunter, we have a show going on now. You know, we have Shelby, we have multiple girls who are throwing up big weights and you kind of have a sense of some back and forth people, yeah, going back and forth between each other. And like that's fun to watch. Like our 64A session at finals was standing room only. That was awesome. But you don't get that for a lot of sessions, even a sessions, like coach Mario talk about it. Like no one stays for the supers on Sunday. Like, and even though they're throwing at some big freaking weights, it's amazing to watch them. But I went and I, we stayed for that session and that she's right. There's barely anyone sitting there watching. And I don't know how you necessarily fix that, but I know like the CrossFit side, I think like that culture, if we could bring some more of that over would be amazing. It's, I mean, it's, it's hype. It's fun. And like, you may not know really what round anyone's on or who's even winning, you know, in a CrossFit conference, you don't know, but you're happy to be there, you know, <laughs> and you're happy to sit there and watch and everyone's just yelling stuff at people. And it's not like weightlifting. You still have some of those like old school manners where it's don't play this, don't play music, don't talk, don't yell. Like, that, I don't know. It makes me think. Like, we need more rivalries and shit-talking, but it also, like, I think we just need to get the community out to more people, and then it's like, you don't need that. You don't need the show. It's just, we need more people doing it, and then you'll know once you go to a meet like that. And I always recommend, like, people, if you qualify for the Arnold, or if you qualify for AO Series, go and do it. Experience that, because you... You'll never feel what it's like to do it if you don't compete at a meet like that. You can go to a local meet where there's 30 people, and it's cool. Everyone will cheer you on, but it's it's just not the same thing to get on the national stage and to be nervous and go to the bathroom 30 times beforehand. You okay. need to do that. You need to show up and like put yourself on the line. Yeah, yeah. most definitely. Well, cool, guys. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing you at the Arnold. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any predictions we'll for, for like numbers or do you kind of, do you keep that, keep that on the deal? Whatever we need to make a team. I'll leave it at that. That's, that's the goal. We've, we've got a total, we've got a ranking. I'm the number 164 right now. Um, but that number one spot is still sitting at 13. So, <laughs> and that's without, you know, we're still missing 
uh, I don't think Coach Mary, Mary's listed on that. Um, but like Taylor Wilkins isn't on that list. Jordan De La Cruz. There's there's people who don't have totals listed on that Pan Am list that are heavy hitters that will make teams. Um, so even sitting in 13, that doesn't mean there's not five other people that are going to show up to this competition just like me that can knock me down too, even if I do hit my best total ever. Um, but I have a solid total that holds me at the, that 217. Mm -hmm. So, well, total first, but really we're just there to put some big numbers on and make a team. Awesome. Well, I look forward to watching you compete. Thank you. Hopefully we make it fun. <laughs> Once again, thanks so much to the Gunnins for coming on the podcast. Highly recommend giving both of them a follow on Instagram. That will be linked up in the show notes. If you are like me, you are guilty of only posting your highlights on Instagram and then just being a ghost on there when things aren't going well. Like I mentioned in the episode, both of them are super open with injuries, with um, highs and lows of training, which I think is awesome, makes them more personable, and just makes me want to keep seeing them succeed. So hope you guys enjoyed hearing from them. I look forward to bringing on some more weightlifters in the future, and I will talk to you in a week.